Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 55 of the Money Love Podcast. Today's episode is going to be one of those episodes where we are going to be talking about a concept that is more based in personal development. But we're going to be doing what we always do here, and I am going to take the concept but then put a money spin on it. You guys know that I love these episodes, and from what I can tell, you guys love them too. Every time I do one of these, I get great feedback from you guys. And there are just certain tools and concepts that have had such a huge impact on my life. And I almost feel an obligation to share them with you. And how greed is one of those concepts. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. I did not come up with this concept. This is a concept that was first introduced to me by Brooke Castillo, who is the founder of the Life Coach School, who my life coaching certification is through. And I will always remember when I first learned about how greed, because it was a concept that resonated with me so deeply because I realized myself that I was actually in a lot of how greed. So this is basically my disclaimer and my way of just giving you a fair warning that we're going to have some real talk today. I'm going to be dishing out some tough love about how so many of us, and like I said, myself included, are so very greedy for the how. Okay, so first let's just talk about what how greed is. Really, it's just a made-up term. Again, Brooke made it up, but really what it looks like is when we are very greedy for the how, how to do something. We are greedy for the steps. We're greedy for the path. We're greedy for the roadmap. We want someone to hold our hand and tell us exactly the path to take and tell us exactly what to do to create the result that we so badly want to create. Now, I think most of us know what greed is as a word and what it means, but I always like to look up the definition of words anyways, even if I think I know what it means. And I did that with greed. And when I did, it said that greed is an intense and selfish desire for something, an intense and selfish desire for something. And like I said, many of us have an intense and a selfish desire for the how. So many of us have goals and results that we want to create in our lives, right? We want to lose 20 pounds. We want to pay off debt. We want to get married. We want to start a business. We want to land our dream job. We know the what of what we want, right? And we fantasize and we visualize these results that we want to create. But of course, the first place that our minds go to after the what, after knowing what we want is, okay, but how? How do I lose 20 pounds? How do I pay off my debt? How do I start investing? How do I find the perfect job? How, how, how? It is a question that your brain is going to ask very innocently of you. And it's also a question that you might not even realize that your brain is asking you and that you're stuck on, but the how is always there. It's always lingering. We spend a lot of mental energy on what we need to do in order to ensure that we get what we want, right? Like, what are the steps that I need to take? But here's where the how becomes a problem. Oftentimes, we set goals to create results in our life that we've never created before. 
that is the entire point of why we are here. It is the entire point of being human is to grow and expand and evolve. And part of that process is stretching yourself and doing things that you've never done before. They're things that you've done for the very first time. And because of that, we don't know the how. Anything that is worth doing, you're not going to already know the how to do it because if you did know the how, you would have done it already, right? But here's what most of us do. Most of us act very entitled for the how. That's just the truth. We think that we are entitled to the how. We think that either A, we should just know how to do things that we've never done before, which that makes absolutely no sense, but that's what we think. Or B, we think that other people are the source of the how and we are entitled to their experience. We are entitled to all of the hard work that they've put in figuring out the how. And we just think that then it should just be given to us, packaged up in this pretty little gift. And then when it is, it's like, voila, all of our problems will be solved and we'll have a cleared roadmap and path to take to get to where we want to be. So I want to talk about both of these things and how being in how greed can be incredibly detrimental to your success in all areas of life, financially and also elsewhere. So let's start with the first scenario where, like I said, many of us think that we should just know the how. We think that the how should just be intuitive or that it should just fall out of the sky. This one I see with so many of you, specifically in the money space, right? You think that you should just know these things. You think that you should just know how to do all things money. You think you should know how to pay off your debt. You think you should know how to budget. You think you should know how to get an 800 plus credit score. You think you should know how to use credit cards correctly. You think you should know how to start investing. You think you should know how to start a business. But guess what? You don't. You don't know how, right? For many of us, no one ever took the time to actively teach us about money and how to manage it properly and how to use it as a tool in our lives to create the life that we want. We're not taught any of this stuff through formal education either. So then two things happen here. First of all, there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt because of these expectations that we place on ourselves that we should know the how and we don't. There's that deficit there. And what I always tell you guys is that no productive action that is going to move you forward will come when you are in shame or in guilt. So here's what this looks like. You don't know the how, but you feel like you should know the how. So then you feel guilty or shameful about not knowing the how. So then you avoid the thing that you want to figure out how to do because it suddenly become a source of guilt and shame for you. And it just feels much better to brush it under the rug than to actually face it head on. And that just leads to you perpetuating this entire cycle because then instead of taking steps to figure out the how, you're just going to go deeper and deeper into avoidance and inaction. And this is what creates the life of rinse and repeat. Because if we don't know how to do something and we feel like we should know how to do it, then of course we're not going to do it, which means that we're not going to do anything we've never done before or practiced before. It's just the same old, same old over and over again until we die. And I've told you guys this, sadly, this is why so many people just live a life of rinse and repeat. They are not doing what we have all been put on this earth to do which is to grow, to evolve, and to expand. But then the second thing that happens is when we feel like we should know the how, and we don't know the how, is that we use how greed to buffer in confusion. 
confusion is what I call an indulgent emotion, right? Confusion is a feeling that you feel when you say, I feel confused or I am confused. But it's an emotion that we love to indulge in. And indulge means that you actually enjoy the pleasure of it. Now, the emotion of confusion might not seem pleasurable. We don't think of feeling confused as an emotion that we want to feel, but confusion compared to the alternative is very pleasurable. Confusion doesn't require us to fail. It doesn't require us to go through messiness. It doesn't require us to go through pain or doubt or failure because it's much easier just to say, oh, I just don't know. I'm confused. I need to think about it some more. I need to do some more research. I just don't know. Doing that and buffering and staying stuck in the confusion actually feels much better to us than the discomfort that comes from trying and failing and trying and failing and actually doing something and taking action. You tell me, I don't know, or you tell me I'm confused or I'm not sure. Again, these are thoughts and sentences that you give me and they seem so innocent and they seem like they're not that big of a deal. But these subtle yet sneaky thoughts, are thoughts that are keeping you stuck. They keep you in confusion, and confusion keeps you from moving forward. The phrase, I don't know, is banned in my community or with my coaching clients. You are not allowed to say or tell me, I don't know, or I'm confused, or I'm not sure, right? It's not allowed. <laughs> now listen, again, I told you that this one might sound a little bit harsh, but here's the distinction. I'm not saying that you're not ever going to feel confused about things, okay? You probably will. I find myself feeling confused at times about things, but remember that you are in control over the narrative in your head and the thoughts that you think. And even when I do find myself feeling confused because of default thoughts that I'm thinking, I just don't allow myself to indulge in it. Remember the power of asking yourself amazing questions from episode 47. Go listen to that one if you haven't. That's another amazing personal development tool that I taught you guys a couple episodes ago. But what I do is if I find myself feeling confused or saying, I don't know, I ask myself the question, okay, but if I did know, what would be the first step that I would take? And whatever answer I come up with to that question, that usually at a minimum gets me moving, and gets me some momentum going. So again, this is what happens when you think that you should know the how to doing things that you've never done before. You're going to shame yourself for not knowing, even though that makes no sense because why would you know you're doing something you've never done before? Or you're going to tell yourself that you don't know, that you're confused, and then you're going to indulge in that confusion. Both scenarios keep you stuck, which is no bueno. Now, Let's move on to the second part of how greed. And this is the part where we are greedy for the how from other people, right? This is the one that I feel very passionately about. So again, I might get a little feisty here. I'm just giving you a forewarning. Many people abdicate responsibility for the how to other people. They think that all the wisdom and all the knowledge and all the answers are going to come from something outside of them. And many times we think that the wisdom, the knowledge, the answers, the path is going to come from other people. And most of us think like, oh, well, I just need to get this process. I just need to get this roadmap or this tutorial from this person. And then once I have that, everything will be set. All of my problems will be solved. I will be able to finally create the results that I want. And again, I want y'all to know I will be the first to raise my hand and say I am so guilty of this. But 
I want all of us, I want to challenge each one of you to really do some self-evaluation and be honest with yourself on if you do that. I know, and I can be honest with you, that I used to do that. And here's how you will know if you do that. Are you putting or blaming your success and failures on things outside of you? On the processes, on the steps, on the teacher, on the tutorials? Or are you taking extreme ownership over the how yourself? So many of us are transferring the responsibility of success to things outside of us, and we have to stop. And I need you to hear that whenever we are greedy for the how, for the steps, for the path, we are giving somebody else the obligation of telling us exactly what we need to do to succeed or fail. And we then transfer that responsibility outside of us, from within us to outside of us. Now listen, I am a huge fan of learning from others and collapsing the learning curve if you can. I am all about it. Like that's what we do here on this podcast. That's what you have coaches and teachers and mentors for. And trust me, I do not take it lightly that if you are here, I hope that you view me as one of your coaches and teachers and mentors when it comes to money. But there is a big difference between learning from a teacher or a coach or a mentor and then taking that knowledge and doing your own work to figure it out and owning that success or failure on your end or expecting your coach or teacher or mentor to have all of the steps, all of the knowledge, and also do all of the work for you, and then placing your success totally in their hands just because they were the ones that gave you the knowledge. And I will be honest, I see this with you guys a lot with money, okay? (laughs) I'm going to give you one very clear example that I get all of the time. Learning YNAB. YNAB stands for You Need a Budget. In case you're new here, it is the budgeting software that I use. I am a ride or die fan. I do consider myself to be a YNAB expert. And I have a lot of people who have started a trial with YNAB or who actually started using YNAB because they listen to the podcast or they follow me on Instagram and they checked it out as a result of my recommendation because I talk about it a lot and I am a huge fan of it. And I know this and I recognize this, which is why. In all of my courses, or if you are a coaching client of mine, you get a total and complete YNAB tutorial. It is very detailed. It's like three hours long. You obviously go through it in sections, but it is very thorough. I put a lot of time and a lot of energy into it. It teaches you step by step how to use YNAB and how to be successful with it. But we have all become so used to instant results and instant gratification, and we just think that things should be easy and we should get it right away. And so, first of all, most people don't even take the time or effort to watch the tutorial. They just give up. They won't go through things in detail. But even those people who do watch the tutorial, they don't give the system a valid shot because they just think, oh, I watched the tutorial. Now it should all click and I should get it and it should all be running smoothly for me. So they try it for a week and then they give up. I will tell you that, and I can see these stats because I can see anyone who signs up for YNAB with my code. So I can see, oh, this person signed up for YNAB and you get a free trial and you get to use it for 34 days. But then I can also see who actually ends up subscribing to the software because it is a paid system. So I can see, okay, here's the list of people that are doing a trial, but then here are the list of people that actually signed on and are now using it as their budgeting method. And I will tell you, it's about 10%. About 10% of the people that actually start a trial with YNAB move on and pay for the system and end up using it. And 
I get it. There's totally some people who just get it and they're like, yeah, I just don't think that this is for me. Fine. But I would say that 80 to 90% of the people give up on it prematurely. And I'll get messages from people where they think that their failure with YNAB is on my shoulders. Seriously. And sometimes I will get messages from people being like, well, I tried it and it was just too confusing. Your tutorial didn't answer this very specific question about my very specific scenario or you know, things got off with my numbers and you didn't show me how to reconcile it. So now it's just it's too messy and I'm just giving up. So many of us think that the success and the results that we want to create are simply just going to happen. And they're just going to come once we have the steps and the knowledge. We just need the course. We just need the coach. We just need the program. But y'all, it's not just the steps and the videos and the tutorials and the podcasts and the YouTube videos, okay? This is why I'm always telling you guys, like, yes, this podcast is great, but what are you going to do with what we talk about here? What are you going to do with the knowledge? Because the truth is, the how is 10% knowledge, oftentimes from someone else, which is fine. But then it's also 90% of you doing and applying the steps and the knowledge that you learned and taking ownership of making it your own. So you guys know Masterclass, right? I think probably most of you do. I see commercials for it all the time. But in case you don't, it's a company where they bring in all of these experts to teach you their trade, right? So for example, They have Serena Williams teaching you tennis. They have Bobby Brown teaching you makeup. They have James Cameron teaching you filmmaking, right? That sort of deal. And all of these people who have become masters of their trade, they bring them in and then they have a masterclass where they teach you their craft. Now, think about it this way. None of us would logically expect (laughs) us to take Serena Williams' masterclass on how to play tennis and then expect that we would be able to pick up a tennis racket and win the U.S. Open or be on any sort of level with Serena Williams. You wouldn't watch James Cameron's masterclass about filmmaking and then all of a sudden expect to make your first film and have it win an Oscar. We understand in that sense that there is the learning of the how, which is the smallest portion of it, but then 90% of learning And mastering a skill, mastering the how comes from the doing. Responsibility for the how is something that you want to own. Not only do you have to own it, but you want to own it. It's actually a huge asset to own discovering the how on your own. Because if you discover the how for yourself, then you own it. And this is the biggest differentiator. This is the difference between people that succeed and people that don't succeed. The people that succeed are the people that take responsibility for the how, and they understand that failure is part of the process. And people that don't take responsibility for the how quit when they face any sort of failure because they think that the process doesn't work or that it's the teacher's fault, right? Again, they place blame outside of themselves onto something else because it feels a lot better and a lot more comfortable to us to place blame on something outside of us than to take internal ownership. So if someone's given you the process on how to do something and you think that you're following that process, but then the process doesn't work for you, you're out. But If you understand that you may get some direction from someone, a coach, a mentor, but it's also your responsibility to figure out your own process and to understand that failure is a part 
of the journey of learning how, then you won't quit. The how is 10% knowledge and 90% doing. 10% of the how comes from the knowledge, which often comes from someone else, which like I said, is fine. But then the 90% of mastering the how and really figuring it out so that it works for you comes from you. One of my other coaches that I love to learn from, her name is Stacey Bayman. She's a coach for coaches, but she said this one time in one of her trainings and it really struck me. She said that everything works, everything, every diet, every system, every process, every course, everything, it all works. She said, if it didn't work, it wouldn't exist anymore. Most things that we see that we think about joining, right? Like, let's just say that you want to join Weight Watchers because you want to lose some weight, but you're like, oh, I don't know if it works. It always works. That is a thought I love to have about anything that I'm potentially thinking about doing. It works. That's why it's out there. That's why you know about it. That's why people tell you about it. That's why people pay money for it. But what Stacy says is that it's the people inside the processes and the systems that don't work. She says that you can look at any process and system, and you will have people that have achieved success within the system. But then you'll also have people who haven't. You will have people who have created the desired result, and you will have people who haven't. Again, going back to Weight Watchers, because it's a very common example. We all know what Weight Watchers is. You have a lot of people who have lost a lot of weight doing Weight Watchers. You also have a lot of people who haven't lost any weight at all doing Weight Watchers. But oftentimes, what you will see is that the people who didn't get the result that they wanted will say that it was the system or the process that was broken instead of really being honest and admitting that it was them and their mind that was being mismanaged. The system or the process is the constant in the equation, right? The people are the differentiating factor. So if it was true that it was the process or the system that didn't work, then zero people would have gotten the intended result, right? But we know that's not the case. So something that Stacy teaches her students to do, which is something that I adopted and I started doing, is instead of saying like, oh, this course didn't work, this system didn't work, this diet didn't work, this budget didn't work, you say, I didn't work. And you don't have to say that in a way that's like condescending or judging yourself, right? But you can say it in a way of, again, having extreme ownership over any result that you create in your life. And if it didn't work, knowing that it probably didn't work, because if we're all being honest with each other, you didn't put in the 90% of the work that was required from you. And y'all listen, please hear me, okay? I don't want this episode to feel just like a pile on. Again, I'm telling you this from personal experience. I have been there. I am speaking just as much to myself in this episode as I am to you. I have done the courses that I didn't get the results that the course said I would get. I've done the diets where I didn't lose the weight. The diet said that I could lose. And if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I know why. I know why I didn't get those results. And it wasn't because of the knowledge or the system or the 10% of the how, the 10% that came from the coach or the teacher, it's because I was unwilling to take the 90% part. I was unwilling to take the action and the steps that were required to create the result that I wanted to create. I was simply unwilling of going through the discomfort of failing, the messiness, being a beginner, 
I was unwilling to do all of those things. I was unwilling to do the 90% of the work. And honestly, that's why I didn't get the result that I wanted. And so the best thing that we can all do for ourselves when we aren't getting the results that we want with money or with something else is just to be honest about why those results haven't been created yet. And I get it. You're going to want to be in how greed and you're going to want to look to things and people outside of you and point your finger at them and say, you, you're the reason. Again, I see this all the time. It's like, oh, it's YNAB. It's the system. It's because you didn't teach me good enough. It's because the system is too confusing. It's like, no, there are literally like millions of people who use YNAB and have incredible success for it. It's not the system. The person is the differentiating factor. And the sooner that we can be honest about this and accept it, the sooner we can start taking back extreme ownership of the how, of knowing that just getting the tutorial or getting the steps isn't going to create the result for you. It is the doing, not the knowledge, that is our greatest teacher. The how is in the doing. We have to figure out how to do it by doing it, by practicing it, trying it, learning it, screwing up, having to start over. I will tell you this, and I can say this confidently, there is no YNAB question or issue that I cannot solve. I do a lot of YNAB troubleshooting with my clients. If they have questions, I'm like, hey, let's just hop on real quick, take a look at the system. I've yet to find a YNAB question or issue that I can't solve. And it's not because like, oh, look at me, I'm so smart. It's because I have literally fallen on my face so many times. I have made every mistake in YNAB that a person can make. And so now I make very few mistakes in the system, but only because I used to make so many that were such amazing learning opportunities for me. So here's something that I want you to think about. Everything that you know how to do today, there was a point in time in your life where you didn't know how to do it and you were doing it for the first time. There was a point in time where you didn't know how to drive, you didn't know how to type, you didn't know how to cook a meal that you're really good at cooking now, you didn't know how to do the skill at work that you're really proficient at. And something that I spend actually a fair amount of time thinking about, and every time I do, I go to this place where I'm kind of in awe of myself. I'm just like, wow, it's kind of crazy. And again, I don't say that in a conceited way because I'm going to tell you this exercise. And when you do it for yourself, I think that you will feel the same way. But here's the exercise. I want you to think about yourself 10, 15 years ago, maybe five years ago, if you're on the younger end. So I'm 32. And when I think about 22-year-old Paige, and I have her in my mind, I imagine my present 32-year-old self talking to 22-year-old past Paige. And I imagine myself today telling her about all the things that we have done in the past decade. So I wrote it out. And here's kind of what that conversation would look like. I would tell her that although she's living in Dallas right now, she's about to leave. And that 10 years from now, she's going to be back in Dallas. But like I said, she's about to leave. She's about to move 2,000 miles away to a place that she's never been before. And she's about to get a brand new job doing something she's never done before in corporate America. I would tell her that in a couple years, she's going to get her MBA at night working full time. I would tell her that she's going to get married, but she's going to pay for her wedding. I would tell her that she's going to get all of her student loans paid off along with her husband's as well, that she's going to buy a house and then sell a house and then move to another city that she's never lived in before, that she's going to gain 40 pounds, but then she's also going to work really hard to lose the 40 pounds. 
that she's going to become a certified life coach, that she's going to start a business and a podcast, and she's going to have an amazing community of women. And then she's going to move again. She's going to sell another house. She's going to buy another house. All the while, she's going to be building an investment portfolio and have a net worth that 22-year-old Paige can't really even fathom. And I imagine, I just can see her in my head. I can see 22-year-old Paige hearing all of this, probably being incredibly overwhelmed. But then her very first question would probably be, how? (laughs) How did we do all of that? How does all of that happen and come together? How did we learn how to do all of that? Because I can tell you, 22-year-old Paige had no idea how to do any of that. And I want you to do this for yourself as well. I want you to look at all of the hows that you have figured out throughout your life. Really give some thought to this. List it all out. Write it out like you are truly talking to your past self from 5, 10, 15 years ago. And when you do this, I think that you will feel the same way that I feel when I think about this. You will be baffled about all of the things that you have figured out how to do. And you'll also be amazed at remembering that you didn't know how to do any of those things that you have accomplished in the past decade. Now, creating the results that you want with money is no different. And I know it can seem scary and intimidating because with money, it seems confusing. It seems like the stakes are high. Nobody has formally taught you these things. You don't want to look dumb. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want others to see you fall flat on your face. But I want you to know that if you want to figure out the how when it comes to money, you have found the right place to do it. I'm going to give you the how, but you are going to have to take ownership and also do the work. I think of the movie Hitch with Will Smith, where he talks about the 90-10, like you come in 90 and then the other person comes in 10% of the way. That's how I want you to think about this. Remember that everything works. Everything works. And I think that really when the magic happens is when you can take full responsibility for the how, but you also have a trusted teacher or coach or mentor that you really resonate with. That's when you have, I think, the perfect combination because you have someone that can guide you and coach you and give you some direction in some areas, but you are taking responsibility for whether you're actually going to follow those directions exactly or whether you're going to need to make some adjustments based on who you are and what you want for yourself and for your life. But here's the thing. You want to take all of that energy, that desire that you have to know the how, that greed that you have for it, and I want you to pour it in to figuring it out, to finding out by taking action. So you take a guess. What could work? And your brain's going to tell you, I don't know. This is awkward. This is confusing. I don't want to feel failure or messiness or confusion or pain or doubt. But just keep coming back to, if I did know, if I did, what would be the first step that I would take? What is something that might work? What could you do today that will get you closer to creating that result that you want, to start investing, to getting the debt paid off, to stop impulsively spending money? to figuring out how to use credit cards in a responsible manner. There's always a first step that you can take. And the process, hear me on this, the process of getting it wrong is what gets you to getting it right. When you do something that doesn't work, then you know what doesn't work. And then you're that much closer to figuring out what actually does work. 
It is the simplest thing in the world. It's how people have been doing things forever. It is how all amazing discoveries have been made. It's how all things have been accomplished. It's how all expertise is created and how all skill is developed by trying and failing, trying and failing, trying again, never giving up. That is the formula. The opposite of that is sitting around being greedy for the how, hoping that somebody else will figure out how to do it and then they will teach it to me. They will spoon feed it to me. And if it doesn't work, well, then it's clearly their fault. And I'll just bounce around my entire life trying to find the magic pill and the special formula so that I don't really have to do any deep, uncomfortable, but transformative work. When we do that, our lives remain very small. But when we learn the skill of discovering the how, and we take responsibility for the how, and we own it, and not just be greedy for someone else to give it to us, then we learn the skill of creating the exact life that we want because we declare what it is that we want and we will do whatever it takes to get it without quitting. It's simple, it's clean, but yes, it requires failure and messiness, confusion, pain, and doubt, but that is a small price to pay, you guys, to have your life be what you want it to be. All right, that's what I have for you guys this week, and that is how greed. (laughs) Again, I know that this episode might have struck a nerve. I know that the first time, again, I was introduced to this concept, it definitely struck a nerve in me. But I also want to offer that when anything ever resonates with you or it feels like it's a bit triggering or it hits a nerve, I always like to do some reflection on that and think about, okay, why do I feel a little bit triggered by this? And normally when I do, it's always because it's an area where I know that I have a lot of work to do. Like I said, I am here to help you with the how, but let's get out of the greediness of it, of feeling entitled to it. Let's all be open to learning from each other and growing with each other, but also in a container of extreme ownership and personal accountability and responsibility. That is what this community is all about. All right. I love each and every one of you so much. Have such an amazing week and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.